Behold this starlit night Our King is born in Bethlehem Our journey long we seek the light That leads to the hallowed manger ground What fear we felt in the silent age Four hundred years can he be found, but broken by a baby's cry, rejoice in the hallowed manger round. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, The joy of Jesus is what Christmas is all about. 
It's what brings joy to Christmas. It's what brings joy to life. There was joy needed some over 2,000 years ago. We know the story of God creating a perfect world and that sin entered in and God sent his son to rectify that problem. But God chose a group of people. And those people kept turning their back on God. And as I mentioned earlier, between our Old Testament and our New Testament was a period of about 400 years that there was silence from God. And they needed joy. Then they were needing to hear a word from God. And the best way God knew to reach out to them was to give them joy through the birth of their son, of his son, Jesus The joy came to Joseph when he heard the news that his betrothed wife was not pregnant by some other man, but by the Holy Spirit. Mary, you can read in what's called the Song of Mary about her joy when she heard the news that she was going to be the mother of the Christ child. The people needed joy. The angels sang of joy. The shepherds had joy. There was joy all throughout it. And we come today with joy in our hearts because of what God gave us. You see, Christmas is all about giving I know that as children, and we're, we're working our best with Waylon to realize that, you know, the real joy in Christmas isn't receiving the gift. You know, when you're a child, it's all about that receiving of the gift. But as you get older, you realize the joy is in giving the gift You see, Jesus is joy. God gave us the greatest gift and it brought him great joy. The angels proclaim, today I bring you great joy. Let me share with you that out of Luke chapter 10. You'll open your Bibles. Luke chapter 10, excuse me, Luke chapter 2. In verse 10, and I want you to put yourselves there. We're going to take a little travel. You're on the side of a mountain over in Jerusalem area, just outside of town. It's probably a cool evening. There's a fire around, and you've got a big responsibility on your shoulders. You see, today, each of you are shepherds. And as a shepherd, it is your responsibility to look after these dumb little sheep that don't like to follow instructions. They like to do their own thing. But I want to tell you, you're special shepherds. You're not any shepherd. Because the sheep that you are responsible for are the sheep that will be taken into the Holy of Holies and offered as a sacrifice for people's sins. Not only are you to watch out for the sheep, but you've got to make sure because the sheep you have, they don't have any spots on them. There's no blemishes on them. There's no broken bones. They're, they're perfect little sheep. And your job is to watch those sheep. And while you're out there in this dark evening, can you feel the cool breeze just come across your face? Maybe you can get a whiff of that little campfire right there. And you look up and it's not like it is here. The sky's unadulterated. There's no city bright lights. So you can look up and 
in that dark, you see all those little stars twinkling. Matter of fact, it's enough to kind of brighten it up out there for you. And all the sheep have settled down and they're going to sleep and you're taking turns with your buddy sleeping. When all of a sudden, the sky becomes so bright, it startles you to attention. And you hear this, verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Well, thank you, angel, because I needed that because I'm afraid. Amen? We're not used to this bright light in the sky. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of what? Of great joy, which will be for some people. Is that what any of your Bible says? For all people. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. That is the pronouncement of the birth of Jesus Christ. To the joy of the shepherds to realize, as we shared just briefly last week, these men who are guarding and taking care of the sheep who will enter the Holy of Holies for the slaughter, but yet are considered unworthy to even enter the temple to worship God are the first ones in God's word that God speaks to to give them the great news of great joy. Can you imagine, church, that none of you are allowed in here today? I need for all of you to send your tithe every week, but none of you are worthy to come into this church. You're dirty, unclean, stay out. How would that make you feel? But yet, you're the first ones to hear that there's fixing to be a new way and that all people are worthy. It was written by one when it said, All who find Jesus know with the shepherds of the nativity the joy he brings. And today that's what we're going to look at. I want us to understand what is this joy of Jesus and how can we have that. The first thing in your outline is the joy of hearing Jesus. There is a joy that comes with hearing Jesus. And we can see this overwhelmingly in Luke chapter 1. You want to just turn back over a page to verse 39. And let me share with you these verses And listen to how hearing helps. Now at this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah. And entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? Now how did Elizabeth know at this moment, because Mary hadn't told her anything yet. Here it is. 
For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Mary was filled with joy, Zacharias, and Elizabeth were with joy. She's finally, she's having a child. And then all of a sudden, Mary, the mother of Jesus, walks in and just through her voice, with her being filled with Jesus, the baby in the womb jumps with joy. You know this baby that jumped with joy? You know who that was? It's John the Baptist. The forerunner to Jesus. He was going to become heralding and proclaiming the coming of the Messiah. The coming one is coming. The healing for the earth. The light. And in hearing brings joy. You know for me at Christmas time and hearing the Christmas music brings me joy. How about you? I hope it does you. I know for Matt and I enjoy playing Christmas music. But sometimes it's a little difficult because we only play it once a year. And it's, I think it's written a little different than the rest of the music. Wouldn't you agree? But the joy that comes singing about the birth of Christ. But you see, to hear, to hear the joy of Jesus. The greatest joy that that can bring is when we hear the calling of the Holy Spirit for salvation. We read in scripture that salvation is available to anyone and to everyone. But do you know that no one comes to the Father without him calling them? Now he calls everyone. We we read that in scripture. Some refuse to do that. But all the joy, the hope, the love, and the peace, all of Christmas wrapped up in one big bow when the Father's calling a sinner to salvation. And the joy that happens when that lost sinner takes that package and opens it up through faith. In believing what Christ has done. You see salvation is kind of like presents under the tree. They're all under there. A lot of people are happy about them. But you know those presents will do no good sitting under that tree. Jesus calling through Holy Spirit. Nothing happens. You know I know there's presence there. Well I know there's a Jesus. I know there's a, a church up the road. I know that there's a word. But until I take that package. Until I accept what Christ has done for me. They're missing all of the joy. So as I said we need to enjoy our joy. We need to enjoy the gift of salvation. We need to enjoy that the Lord loved us enough that he called us and he gave us salvation. Amen. What a joy that is. The joy of hearing Jesus. I like how C.S. Lewis said, God whispers to us in health and prosperity But being hard of hearing, we fail to hear God's voice in both. Whereupon God turns up the amplifier 
by means of suffering, then his voice booms. Oh, how our life would be if we would just hear when he first speaks. He blesses us. He loves us. But how often do we reject that at times? It's not only the joy of hearing Jesus, but what about the joy of finding Jesus? How many of you in here have found Jesus? Amen. He come looking for us, but we had to receive him. Listen to Dwight L. Moody. Happiness is caused by things that happen around me, and circumstances will mar it. But joy flows right on through trouble. Joy flows on through day. Joy flows in the night as well as in the day. Joy flows through persecution and opposition. It is an unceasing fountain bubbling up in the heart. A secret spring the world can't see and doesn't know anything about. The Lord gives his people perpetual joy When they walk in obedience to him. You know we can turn in God's word. And we can find about finding joy. And finding Jesus. Take it here. We're going to stay in Luke for just a moment. But turn over to Luke 15. There are three stories I want us to briefly look at. Here at Luke 15. And the first one is. We all know it as the lost sheep. Let's take a look. Luke 15, beginning in verse 1. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he, Jesus, told them this parable, saying, When a... What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Joy in heaven. Can you imagine the angels in the presence of God and the joy that they have? How much more joy there must be if the Bible writes that there's joy in heaven over one who comes? There's one who comes. There's joy in heaven. That's good news for you and for you and for me. Because that means that if I was the only one, if you were the only one who needed saving, we would still have a Christmas. We would have still had a birth of Jesus. Because one, God so loved the world that for all, so even one, and the joy that comes with that. The joy that comes into our life when we find Jesus. Imagine if the joy's in heaven, how much joy fills up in us. Look at the next two verses, the lost coin. Or woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. 
When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the coin which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There we see it again. The joy over one with everything else going on. With all that God has, with all the sinners that's come to God, with all the angels that God has, when one more finds Jesus, there's rejoicing among the angels. They're excited. We're excited. Do you remember? I hope you do. Do you remember the moment that you received Christ, the joy that was within you? Many have told me about the burden that was lifted off of their shoulders. I have known those who you could tell a difference in their face from anguish to the joy at the split second they repented of their sins and received Jesus Christ. The joy that come in. You know, it's so wonderful having the joy of Jesus in us because we have found Jesus that lets us continue on to live. The world that God created out of love to have been in the Garden of Eden. But unfortunately, I wasn't blessed with that, and neither were you. And the world we live in today is a broken down world. I believe we would all agree we wonder couldn't get any worse. And all I got to do is just tell you, wait and wake up tomorrow. But yet, as believers, the joy that's in us, we can keep going. If I didn't have the joy, the hope, the peace, and the love of God, I wouldn't be able to walk out my door. I'd be too scared. I wouldn't be able to come over here. I wouldn't have the joy of opening God's word and reading that. I wouldn't have the joy of spending time daily with, with God. You see that lost coin where she had others and she only lost one. There was joy. Everything we have in life... The greatest joy is coming from finding Jesus. And look over there. We're just going to look at a few of these verses on the prodigal son. Let's begin at verse 11. And he said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the young man gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country, and there he squandered his estate with loose living. Well, that describes a lot of people in this world. You know, God gives us everything. But there's some who just want to go on at it on their own. Just like this young man took his inheritance and he went on. And then now let's move down to verse 20. So he got up and came to his father, but when he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion for him, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf, kill it and let us eat and celebrate for the son of mine was dead, has come to life. He was lost and has been found and they began to celebrate. How many times do we get the joy of finding Jesus in our life? We get our inheritance, our ticket to heaven, our pass from hell 
And we take everything that God's got for us and then we say, nice knowing you, God. I'm going to try that at my own way. I know none of you have ever done that. But yet, here it is, just as a, a lost person comes, we see the son return. Call him the prodigal son. But the greatest part of this is you see that why he was still far off. His father saw him. And I'm sure there was joy that welled up in this father's heart. And in that day, men didn't run, but this father ran and he embraced him. You see, that's where our joy comes from. Because when we realize it's time to turn back, it says there, he said, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. You see, the Bible tells us that if we'll turn to God, he'll turn to us. When our joy kicks back in and we turn and we begin to make our way to God, he's right there to receive us. To forgive us as we confess. He brings us back in. He gave him the fatted calf. And look there at 31. And he said to him, Son, you have always been with me. And all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice. For this brother of yours was dead. And has begun to live and was lost and has been found. They had to celebrate and rejoice. They're celebrating and rejoicing that happens. We do the same thing. Lost person comes to Christ. They walk the aisle and we sit down here and we counsel with them. And then we celebrate with them. And we turn around and we present them to the church. And we all applaud at how great a joy of what the Lord's done. We all come by and hug and love them. Then we celebrate as we go into the baptistry and we stir those waters. The joy that comes would not have been joy Without the gift, the birth of Jesus. So we have the joy of hearing Jesus and the joy of finding Jesus. But what about the joy of knowing Jesus? Amen. You see, it's one thing to hear. It's another thing to find but to know. It's another thing to have that relationship, that connection, to know him. And it's a great thing that he knows us. What is, I got three parts that I want to share just very quickly of what the joy of knowing Jesus is. Because as a believer, we know him intimately more from our head all the way down to our heart. And one of those is that no one can snatch us away from him. No one can snatch us away from him. Amen? Amen? What the joy of knowing that we're in one that no one can snatch us away. John 10 verse 28 and 29 is written like this. And I give eternal life to them and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Scripture goes on to tell us, and just imagine this, that here you are, and you're in Jesus' hand, and no one can snatch you out of Jesus' hand, and Jesus is in God, wrapped around that, and no one can snatch you out of God's hand. You got a double security. 
No one, in knowing Jesus, no one can snatch us from him. And you know, because no one can snatch us from him, no one can steal our inheritance. What is our inheritance? Our inheritance is being in heaven with Jesus. Our inheritance is the joy... Not the happiness, we all know about that. The joy that comes from God, the love that comes from God, the peace that comes from God, and the hope that comes from there. 1 Peter 1.4, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. We've got an inheritance church that as believers, we become co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Imagine that. You're a co-heir. Not someone way down on the list. A co-heir. A joint heir. With Jesus. And it is promised for us. And reserved for us in heaven. And we get God's great gift. Of the Holy Spirit. That comes to dwell in us. That gives us the assurance. And the guarantee. Of this reservation. Of our inheritance. That's undefiled. It's imperishable. Matthew 6.20 says. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroy. And where thieves don't break in and steal. Moths can't even get it. And let me just give you one tidbit of advice. You don't have to put mothballs around it and stink to keep it from that. It is so pure that it's undefiled. The moths can't get in. Rust doesn't destroy it. David, we don't have to get out there and keep sanding it down and priming and repainting. It's going to always be what it is. It is perfect and it's holy And thieves don't break in and steal. Thank goodness, because they break into my house and steal their life will get shot. I can't imagine what God would do if they tried to break into heaven. Amen. He's going to take care of it. And he's going to provide for that. No one can snatch us away from him. No one can steal our inheritance. And this one I love, no one can fool us. You know, in this day and time, people try to make us believe all sorts of things. Turn on the TV, they'll tell you, you know, I've got a good deal for you. Get this credit card. And you can go get whatever you want, put it on the credit card. You don't have to pay for it. And then you can go file for bankruptcy. Hey, you do that. It's not a bit right. I believe it's totally unbiblical to do that. They want to fool us in all kinds of things. They tell us happiness is having what your neighbor has. Happiness is pulling out whatever drink you want to do and mixing it up and just drinking back and living life to the highest and have no responsibility. No, no one can fool us because this is for certain that there is joy in Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Let me just read it to you. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Don't let no one tell you that Jesus didn't die for you. Don't let anyone ever try to convince you that he didn't raise out of that grave. Don't let anyone try to fool you that this whole idea of Jesus is the biggest racket that's ever been. Because Jesus is the one true thing. Jesus is the one definite thing. And let me tell you, Jesus didn't just go to the cross 
for you. It tells us right here at Hebrews 12, 2, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He knew the joy of each of you having a chance to come into relationship with him. God so loved the world and so grieved over man's sin that he said the only way is through my son and I'm going to send him. And Jesus saw the joy. I can only imagine. Now, this is... My input on this, you're not going to find this in the Bible. If I could have been there when Jesus was hanging on the cross after being despised by his own people, being beaten, nailed to that cross, hanging there with blood dripping off of him, praying to God, and you could have looked in his eyes and only imagine that you would have saw joy because he saw what was happening his face might have been grimaced because he's human and he felt that but for the joy set before him he endured the cross see that's what it's all about 